welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. We have another weekend of drama from the Premier League to go through. The Zerbi gets a deserved first win whilst inflicting a first defeat to his predecessor Potter. Lovely stuff. Newcastle solidify their top four credentials with another comprehensive win at St James's Park. Arsenal continue trying to make a fight of the title race with a superb 5-0 win over Forest, whilst Liverpool, their tours continue with a shock Anfield loss against the resurgence Leeds. All that and the rest of the Premier League fixtures on today's podcast. As always, I am joined by Jack. Jack, how are we today? Wonderful Jack, back in the building. <laughs> it's sticking. Hashtag. <laughs> it's sticking. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good, thanks mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you mate. Very well. I honestly really did want to whack in the wonderful Jack, but I thought I'd try and let it I die. Don't, I don't it was, was going to fuck my, my little speech at the beginning if I tried to slip that one in, but... It's alright, we'll find a way. Are you feeling wonderful? That no, mate, I'm feeling terrible. <laughs> feeling terrible. He's got to go. <laughs> Clop out. Uh, we'll get on yeah. to that. We'll get on to that. We've got some. We've got some real exciting ones to go through first. Um, but it's been so many good games this weekend, hasn't there? Yeah, it's been a really, really good, good weekend of fixtures. Like, I think I would say eight out of maybe seven out of ten have been really, really interesting and excellent. Mm. so I think that's a pretty good ratio it's good ratios it's good ratios and I feel like the quality's definitely gone up for the last couple of weekends the last couple of game weeks mm-hmm. so yeah we'll top, top, start with the most quality of games on the south coast Brighton 4 Chelsea 1 4 4 oh my days there's so many talking points and I'm going to let you go first what do you think where do we start Graham Potter, mate, he knows how to get the best out of Brighton. You know, they were struggling to score goals. They hadn't had a win in five games. And he just came back and he went in that dressing room and he was like, look, boys, you know how to play football. I believe in you. He gave a huge impassioned speech back at the Amex. And like, look at the performance they delivered. Maybe he went in the wrong dressing room and he forgot that he was Chelsea manager. Possible. But either way... Like you can take the man out of Brighton, but <laughs> you can't take Brighton out of the man. <laughs> He's Brighton through and through. Potter. Get a tune out of these players. <laughs> I was saying to you before the pod, there's just so many, like so much symmetry involved in this game. So as I mentioned before, Deserby's first win, Potter's first loss. Um, another interesting thing of note is during Potter's forty months with Brighton, he beat five out of the top six. I'll let you guess which of the top six he never managed to beat. No way. Yeah. It's Chelsea. Chelsea. That's unreal. He never got a win against Chelsea. Who's his first loss? It's Chelsea. It's there's so I'm much symmetry. There's so much symmetry here, isn't there? It's it's almost like it's fixed. <laughs> Even the nature of the goals. The fact that there's two own goals in this. Yeah. It's just it's, oh, it's like if you wrote a script of Brighton, they weren't just going to bang four goals like from their strikers. No, don't be silly. No. There's going to be one from Trossards, a couple of weird, dubious ones, and then, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going gross, of course. It's perfect. This Obviously, is the most Potter performance ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Danny Welbeck wasn't even available. I think Lewis Dunk was a concern right up until to it. So the optics weren't looking great for Brighton going into this game, but boy, oh boy, did they play well. Um, yeah. Who would you say... I don't know why I'm starting this one, but who do you say was the most influential player in this game? Easy, mate. As always, Leandro Trossard. Yeah. He is so good at football. Like, he is. I, I rave about him a lot, but he's actually so good. He's their star player, for sure. And I'm just going to be hyperbolic. Fuck it. He's world class <laughs> right now. 
he's actually world class. Like he can do everything. Like his his first goal, the footwork, the composure, mm. the finish. It just reminded me of like elite players like Messi or like Suarez, where there's no space and yet they have the composure to just round the goalie with what like twenty centimeters between them, like absolutely nothing to work with, and he's just so cool. He's, he's so a man in right form, now. isn't he? He's he's really yeah. feeling it. Um, I wonder if he'll sign on at Brighton. I feel like he can take them yeah, places. I don't know. But like yeah. he's going to be a starter for Belgium, and I I expect him to have a breakout World Cup and get a big money move. I think so. I think so. All all signs are leading to that. Maybe not a big money move, but I think he deserves to go to a Champions League team. Defo, Defo. I could see him like Ajax to replace Tadic or something. I can see that, but I'd like to see him go to Italy because then he can long long out his career a bit more. Mm, mm, okay, fair enough. I'll tell you who impressed me. Esther Pinyan on the left-hand side. Cucurella's replacement, may I add. Um, yes. Absolutely torn to shreds on that left-hand side. Him, Kaisido, and that Japanese player on his first Premier League start, Matoma. They are fantastic on that left-hand side. In the first half especially, they were just absolutely rinsing them with these overlaps. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. It wasn't very flattering, was it, for Kukurea? Substituted after 60 minutes on his return. He was rattled. on by his replacement. Mm. This is it. Brighton make players look really, really good in their system. And you do wonder if it's more system-based that all of these players just look better because they're playing for Brighton. And if you take them out of it, they drop. Similar to like Danny Drinkwater at Leicester. Yeah. Once you took him out of that system, you were like... Oh, he's not very good, it turns out. <laughs> oh, Danny Drinkwater wasn't very good. I think that's very true, though. Like, Solly March seems to be a very system player. Like, he has a very specific mm-hmm. role within this Brighton team. Like, say so you you lump him at a different team, yeah. I think he becomes really ineffective. But it's interesting with Deserve, but you feel like this result was coming based on their performances previously, despite the fact that they haven't got the results. You did feel like they, there were goals in this team. They just needed to yeah. kind of be unshackled a little bit. And it was weird. Chelsea offered no opposition at all really you know they had their own weird win back system with Pulisic and Raheem and it was shite <laughs> it did yeah, what, not what work do you think about that what do you think about that because feels like that was a massive error from Potter to use two wingers as wing back because Bryson just destroyed them on the wings time and time again yeah the centre backs getting pulled all over the place I mean Thiago Silva had an absolute nightmare um, yeah rarely see Calibre that was just getting rinsed Calibre's having a nightmare yeah, they were just having a terrible time, and Potter just basically—I think Potter just—he he did a classic pep, didn't he? Just overthought it. I don't know though, because he's used Pulisic and Raheem previously, hasn't he? Yeah, in these but he's always deviated. Roles. He's always substituted them early, or one of them, and added a traditional fullback. Yeah, they I miss the miss security of Reese James, don't they? Don't they really do. Chill well, Kukurea though. What's wrong with Chilwell on one side? At least some balance. Yeah, I mean Chilwell. I presume it's like a slow, like a slow recovery from his injury. He did have a really bad. Was it? I think it was um, ligaments in his knee, wasn't it? Mm. So maybe they're being cautious. But yeah, I mean, it seems weird putting Cucurella at left centre back, and then Raheem. I think he was on the left hand side. Raheem as a left wing yeah. back, and that smells like trouble. But I think Raheem oh, does yeah. need to come in for some criticism because he was up against Pascal Gross, who was playing as an emergency auxiliary right back. Pascal Gross just had his number. Bear in mind, Pascal Gross is meant to be a can. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Pascal Gross just puts in a shift, though, doesn't he? Yeah, like, he did. He's such a good team player, but he's also good offensively. And Sterling just didn't really put in a shift. Yeah. He didn't really help out his. Uh, he didn't really help out um, Kukurea. Left him exposed quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, Cucurella had an absolute disaster. Um, are we 
getting concerned about Kukurena now? Hasn't really kicked mm. on, has he? I think we just knew that they paid too much money for him. And there was mm. always a risk that he was like good without being that good. Like 30 mil player, for example. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. now, like, Estepinion, if he has a good season, is he then a 60 mil player? Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you get lost in the in the, the moment and all of that stuff. Yeah, I almost feel like City's interest inflated that price as well. Yeah, I do think he's a good player though. He just had a bad game, but they they definitely overpaid. Yeah, he had one good season. It's not it's not a body of work yet. No, no, I just I don't know. I expected a bit more from him. I still feel like he was better. He is playing centre back. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's a very different role. I don't know if he has the build as centre back. To be perfectly honest, he looked very uncomfortable yesterday. When he came off, his face—I actually felt really sorry for him. Yeah, Brighton fans were not holding back on how they felt about Potter and, and Cucurella. No, they weren't. I was surprised by that. I mean, what did you think about that Potter getting booed? He—he didn't—he accepted it, didn't he? His press conference. We didn't seem overly pleased about it, considering no, he did leave them in a very good place. Compared to where he took over and where he left them, he kind of made that point, didn't he? It was kind of like, you know... Uh, it's not what, like I've left you in the dirt. What did he say? He said something really quite pointed. He said, when I came to Brighton, when I first joined, this isn't the team that was playing. Do you know what I mean? Something like that, basically saying, like, you know, I, I've helped Brighton get to this point. But I do understand from Brighton's perspective, if you think about it from Brighton's perspective, right, Chelsea have come in mid-season, taken your manager, fine. He's taken all of the backroom staff, including Bruno... I don't know if you know about Bruno, who joined in about 2013. Yeah, mate, the Brighton Captain, right back, the coach, legend. Brighton legend. There's, there's, a, there's a fucking there's mural. A in yeah, yeah, you know. Him. Yeah, mate. So to take all of them, and then, you know, now they're taking Paul Wynn Stanley, the head of recruitment. He's now meant to be going to Chelsea. I can understand. It's not just Potter. I think it's more just like, fuck you, Chelsea. Like, yeah, they were on the verge of something great. gutted them, haven't they? Yeah, and they've just come absolutely and gutted them. Gutted I mean, that is the nature of football. Let's not let's not get it twisted. It's not like this has never happened before, but... It is rare that they take that many. Like, just basically the entire... The entire and their player of the season in Cucurella, who was adored by Brighton fans. Yeah. So that was hurt, for sure. I um, mean, there was a period where Liverpool were raiding Southampton, but we never took it as far as actually raiding the dugout and the backroom and, you know, the transfer committee as well. I don't know. Yeah. I can't think of many times where that's happened. I just absolutely gutted another one. I feel like it's quite an American thing, isn't it? I feel like Todd's just come over and he's looked at the, the best model football club in England at the current time of him taking over and that was Brighton, right? After their start. And yeah, he's just kind of just rinsed them for all they're worth. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I do get it. I do get it. I think I would be booing as well. But only because like this is the only way you can get revenge as a Brighton fan, you know? Like, oh, I don't know, mate. I think 4-1's pretty good revenge as well. Well, that's what I mean. Like, that's the, the only way is you, you can boo them and, you know, hopefully beat them. But beyond that, it's not like you can go take their best players or staff, is it? It's a one-way It's a one-way ticket. What so. you can do, though, is keep flogging them players at inflated <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's working, isn't it? Because their team just yeah. gets better and better. <laughs> um, one player I want to highlight as well, Sanchez in the Brighton goal really really good mm. um, made a lot of good saves he just looks really good doesn't he and he's a player that kind of came out of nowhere he displaced Matt Ryan which I think we all thought Matt Ryan was a pretty good goalie and probably yeah. about Brighton's level and we didn't really know anything about this guy but the biggest credit to him now is that he 
along with David Rea and Kepa are in the Spain squad and David De Gea is not anymore it's crazy controversial crazy it's just it's the evolution of football and specifically the keepers um, and the style that most people want to go for now isn't it I still feel I like it's, it's a bit it's of a so mistake crazy. Yeah. I feel a bit bad for David De Gea if anything because he had his move to Real Madrid sewn up and then Man United did him dirty with the fax machine thing and now he's he's a dinosaur like no one's going to buy him oh I know I know I mean he's still doing bits for United we'll come on to him yeah you like, know he's I mean, picked like, it up again this season he's just he could have done better he was going like that yeah 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 he, he was on the cusp of what winning like five Champions Leagues potentially Real Madrid and all these league titles and it just it just tailed off Man United no, just sad and dirty, him. and now he's stuck. I mean, he's got he's earning a lot of money. Let's be fair. I feel like he's fairly happy, isn't he, De Gea over in yeah. But if you're Manchester. from Madrid and you have and you support, <laughs> I know you have a chance to join Madrid and win all the trophies and be the best team in the world. <laughs> I know. And then you get this bullshit fax machine thing, and now you can't even get the Spain squad. The Spain squad ahead of Brighton and Brentford's goalies, like yeah, it's, it's, a, fall from grace. it's a fall from grace. But if anything, it's an onus. Like you can't you can't just sit on your pedestal, can you? He needed yeah. to improve his feet, and he never has until maybe the season under Ten Hag. So, you know, still harsh. Yep. Um, still harsh. Yeah, Potter's first else? defeat. I mean, Caicedo yeah, played really defeat. well in midfield again. He looks like the next big player at Brighton, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got 50, 60 mil transfer written all over him. Easy. So young as well. So young. Like that through ball for Estepinian. I think it was for the just second lovely. own goal to make it 3 nil. It was just beautiful, wasn't it? it was yeah, it was really good. I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking about Chalobah before this game. And I was thinking, like, no one's really talked about Chalobah as a World Cup um, no. World Cup candidate. Because, I mean, he's starting for Chelsea every week. He's playing in a back three. He's playing pretty good. And then he scored no goal and had an absolute stinker in this game. So, I think that's probably the end of that. But Still a bit raw, Chalobah, really. for me. Shame. Yeah, but you see the dearth of centre backs that England have. Mm-hmm. It's surely worth a look at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but no, it's not happening, is it? Surely <laughs> t- Tamori's got to be on that plane before him. I'll be honest, I'm feeling better and better about Connor Cody being a cert for the plane. Yeah, yeah. I never yeah. thought I'd say that, but. Connor Cody's a dead cert, mate. Yeah, I which like is, it. Says it all, really. But he's there for the vibes, so we, we're here yeah. for that. Um, stinky stinky loss bad mistakes it's got a sting and Deserby I'm happy for him he deserved that win and I'm sure they'll kick on from here yeah be interesting I feel like Brighton need to pick up some form now to really kind of consolidate this result don't want it to be just a one off thing because maybe they're just really up for it against Potter yeah next game XG of 4 nil nil draw yeah that's, 100% that's it 100% long may it straight continue. back to the mean <laughs> that's their identity though that's their culture yeah I do really I have to give credit to, to Tony Bloom obviously and uh, Brighton oh, as a heart <laughs> I had to slip it had a couple of weeks off <laughs> Bloomism <laughs> uh, but I mean they know the profile of manager and players that they want like Deserby really feels like revolution when you watch them play with the wing back system like yeah not revolution it, evolution sorry yeah evolution not, not fucking revolution um I don't know, I just, they just make sensible fucking decisions. They really do. They do. But we know that there's a shelf life on this, especially when you get gutted like that. At any point. Yeah, but this is what it'd be interesting to see if they they manage to just kind of maintain their status as the best run club despite all these departures. 
Yeah. I hope so. I think they're fast becoming everyone's second favourite team, though. Just not a lot to dislike. Like, there's no superstars. They make superstars. Mm-hmm. They play really interesting football. Like, and yeah, they just like they're kind of like the dream because they just pick up all these players from nowhere and then they make them good and then they sell them on. It's the dream. Yeah, yeah, they make football running a football club in the Premier League really easy, and I think that's a credit mm. to them. So yeah, loved it. What a great start to the weekend that was for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, let's get on to the next game. Let's uh, do it. Arsenal 5, Nottingham Forest nil. Um, before we get into the match, I think it's important to uh, send a message to Pablo Murray and everyone affected by the uh, events in Italy. It's just pretty grotesque and horrible. So hopefully he makes a full recovery. Absolutely. Everything's good with him. Yeah, our thoughts and wishes are with his family at this time, but I understand he's recovering. So that is good news. That is good news. That was... Um, a real shock to the start of the week, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, came out of nowhere. Mm. Um, and, you know, speaking of Pablo Mari, it was a nice little gesture from Martinelli after that first goal, wasn't it? Getting the uh, the Pablo Mari shout out. Says something yeah. about the togetherness at Arsenal at this current time. It does, it does. It's nice to see. The fact that he's not even there, but, they're, you know, they're all still thinking of each other. Mm. It's, Quite it's just a really a good time to be an Arsenal fan, isn't it? Everything's oh. going right. You Honestly. Had, you've had a bad couple of years, but... I mean, I think I feel really strongly that we should start with Reese Nelson. I know there's a lot you want to talk about, but nothing epitomises Arsenal more right now than the fact that Reese Nelson, who's been there for what, like five years and not really done anything, got out on loan a bit. Five years, mate. He's been there like since he was eight. Okay, but like in and around the first team. For like yeah, four, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. And you felt like his career was just, he was just going to move to like Crystal Palace at some point or, you know, drop down. Fall like, down the league. The yeah, 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 yeah. And then Saka gets injured, he comes on, I was like, what the hell? Can't believe he's coming on. Same. Two goals, one assist in 50 minutes. What the fuck do we know? Yeah, I was... Of course, of course Arteta's just found this player and turned him into an absolute world beater right now. Everything Arteta touches is turned into gold right now. No, masterstroke. He could literally bring back anybody from loan right now. Like, he could bring back Tavares and Tavares becomes Roberto Carlos. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Tavares maybe. he does right now. Not Pepe. Pepe's done. He could he could do he could turn Pepe. Into he tried so hard with bloody Nicola Pepe, and it just never happened. <laughs> it just he just hasn't happened. found Pepe's position. Maybe Pepe can be like left wing back. Joe Linton, <laughs> bruiser in the field. Yeah, just an absolute unit in uh, the field. Just bulk up. If Pepe comes back and comes good on that on that transfer, oh, I think Arteta deserves everything. Deserves a Ballon d'Or for managers because that. Be anyway, it's about Reese Nelson. Um, I'm so happy for him. That's sort of how on a start. I was so happy for him to get that. Like you said, last year he went out on like final, just thought he was on the downward spiral, you know, kind of just getting above that 21 and under age. So he takes mm-hmm. up a squad place. Um, I'll be honest, all signs looked like he was going to leave in the summer, and I don't think anyone would have been upset with that. Um, was it a case that there wasn't much interest in him? That wasn't that much interest, and I think also Nicola Pepe going out late meant that he could stay because we needed cover on that right wing because in the end we didn't get any cover for Saka really beyond Fabio Vieira but what I will say is that interestingly in Arteta's first ever game for Arsenal in 2019 he did field Reese Nelson in the starting lineup. so part of me thinks he's always had the faith in Reese. What, what what drove him to, to select him because I was reading the, the um, his comments Reese Nelson's comments after the game and he was surprised to come on I don't think he was expecting to come on Um. But I'm just so happy that he, he repaid his faith and it was a really good performance. You know, I was fearing the worst once, once Saka went down. 
And that is a concern for everyone going into this World Cup. I feel like this was inevitable. Arteta hasn't rotated any players and Saka is a young player and he's he's been overplayed, I think, this season. He's played basically every game, right? Including in the Europa League. So it was inevitable and it was kind of silly. So, yeah, I don't know. What's the, uh, what's the latest with the injury? Do you know how long it's going to be or anything like that? So, I really don't like the wording around kind of what Arteta has said. It's all like, I hope he's going to be fine. And like, no one's giving any details away. If it was not that serious, and if it wasn't a risk for the World Cup, they would just come out and say it and just say he's had a kick. So you, think, you think it sounds like he might be out of the World Cup? Oh, it sounds a like huge blow. a huge blow. And I just, I'm not feeling that positive at this current time based on kind of the, the comments surrounding it post weekend. And it's a huge blow. And what we'll fucking say is people need to stop kicking Bakayo Saka. I think referees yeah. are allowing it too much. Um, and people have this idea that he simulates a lot. Honestly, every time he goes down, he does get contact. And, you know, like, people, teams feel liberated just to kick lumps out of him. You know, Gerard, Gerard's comments... He's, alone. he's not alone, alone, but I feel like people are just like, I can't defend against him, so I'm just going to kick the shit out of him and try and take him out of the game that way, which is kind of what Gerard alluded to last year when all that controversy... Yeah, arose. I think unfortunately um, that comes with just being a really good attacking player like Salah gets it Grealish gets it Foden gets it if you're just a really good player and people can't get the ball off you you just get chopped that is the reality mm, of the Prem mm. and I guess that's what Gerald's saying like unfortunately if you're going to be the main man you are going to get hacked a lot but there needs to be an element of protection like that was a genuine foul by Lodi yesterday that injured him it was just a kick to his calf um, yeah but I guess, yeah, you know, it's it's not, I shouldn't say it's, it's like specific to Bukayo Saka. It's just when you've got someone of such prodigious talent, you'd like to think that he would be afforded some protection. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's all about winning, mate. So yeah. when they step on that pitch, he's he's the biggest threat, arguably. So yeah. he gets special attention. Still got an assist before he went off. Lovely little cross for the first goal, wasn't it? Such a really good goal. goal. Yeah. I don't really understand how on earth Martinelli scored that goal. How's he steered it in? There's what seven players in the box, seven yeah. players, and also I mean, like the angle, that, just like really, yeah. really well done for a sh- for a short lad who's not known for his heading. I'm really impressed. It was basically impossible to defend against if you're not in the right position because everything just happened so quickly mm. and he's nipped in so fast that before you even had time to realise what's happened, he's, he's already scored. He's it off you, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, Martinelli was good. I feel like Martinelli would have been very excited for this game when he saw that he was playing Serge Aurier. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> Just look at him like this mug can't defend at all. I'm gonna absolutely skewer him. And he did. Mm, mm, I feel like he was actually quite quiet towards the end of the game, Martinelli. He's tired, mate. I think he's quite I don't tired. Think he's ever played this many games in a row for Arsenal, has he? No, this is like I wouldn't say it's his breakout season, but this is his season where he is a regular. It is his breakout in terms of yeah, he's established now. Yeah, um, establishing himself as first choice. Yeah. I think Arsenal running on fumes a little bit despite it being 5-0 it was a bit of a cruise at times I mean the third goal was so nice right third goal counter-attack Odegaard with two pirouettes like just mm. back-to-back for no reason and then just lovely finish by Reese Nelson Odegaard had another good game Party scored another side foot rocket I think that's what two in three games maybe similar I think it's, it's, well, it's like a carbon football. copy against Tottenham ah, as against Tottenham yeah 
So yeah, beautiful goals. Cool. Love to see that from him as well. Just he's, everyone's just playing well. Everyone's just playing well at Arsenal and everything's just going well. You know what so it is though? Nice. It's down to Partey. It all comes through him. I don't know if you watched the game, but... Yeah, so, he's an actual chopper, wasn't he? He's a chopper, but game. he distributes so well. He's just the only man yeah. in midfield at times. You know, the rest of the team are up front and he's, he's taking on three or four players, going through them and delivering the right pass. It's, I'd I just stick out I on really him. like it. So I like the idea that they had Jacka and they had Party playing together in a pivot and they were like, do you know what? <laughs> Jacka, if anything, you're taking away... <laughs> From party, let party just deal with it. It's actually more effective. Just Literally, away, mate. that's what happened, and it's working. I'd say he's the best number six in in the league right now. I would have said Fabinho was, but Fabinho's dropped off recently. So I don't think you could put Liverpool players in best best category. No, currently. but I feel like yeah, Fabinho's... it's a hot take. But on current form, like if there was a Prem All Star game tomorrow, he's got to be yeah. in there. He's yeah. got to. He's so key. I mean, it's basically just a combo of um, Arsenal and City, really, for the All-Star yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice that we're making a fight of it. It's just, I almost, so with this game, going into it, I was very concerned. We've come off the back of a bad couple of weeks where, you know, we weren't that great against Leeds, got the win. We were rubbish against um, Southampton last week. We were awful against PSV in the midweek. Um, and this was a potential banana skin. If we start losing momentum now, suddenly it's like three or three games in a row dropping points, and you you know you lose that momentum. So to come out and get a comprehensive five and a win, my only concern is that we do seem to need to score really early in order to finish off games. Um, yeah. And there is there's still a naivety around the squad due to I guess to their age and they've never been in this position before. But yeah, it's it's really hunky dory at the moment. Gabby Jesus still can't score. Got two assists though, so you know. Yeah, take it. He's he's just he's just reverting to the classic Jesus form, isn't he? Mm. Where like you make excuses for him not scoring because he's so good at doing everything, but he should he should probably have scored this game. Should scored last game as well. Um, it is a bit of a concern, but then I feel like with the two assists, you know, as long as he's still contributing, then yeah. I'm not too. I, I think yeah, when you win five nil and. You know, all different players are scoring. All the goals are quite different. They're all high quality. I don't think it matters too much. It's not like you're relying on him. Um, exactly. The goals, the responsibility of goals is kind of shared around the team. It's just the way the system is, isn't it? So as long as he's contributing and we're winning, then I'm happy with that. But it is, I would love yeah, for him just to score because that would have been the perfect afternoon. It would relieve some pressure because... You feel like if he does go to the World Cup, last time he played an international tournament, he didn't get a goal. Yeah. Absolutely slated him. And you don't want his sad, concerned face to look sad when he comes back. No, he looks so happy. He looks so happy when he joins. Don't want him to go back to being scared of the goal again. (laughs) Starting to play right wing again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't want that. don't don't want want that. that. He's, He's a good lad. But yeah. As a neutral, I think this is the best Arsenal team I've seen for absolutely ages. And you can see the Arsenal identity again with this team. Like the football's good, it's attacking, and it's kind of fearless at times. Like mm. you're not you're not scared to just play anymore. No, I think and it's young. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of good young players that like are in and it's not a lot of like big money signings necessarily. It's just a combination of things. But yeah. Word on Forest. Back to reality after being Liverpool last weekend. Yeah, for real. How shit are Liverpool? More on that to come. <laughs> but yeah, you thought this could be a good game after a very nice morale-boosting win and then, yeah, 
get thumped five nil. Straight back down. Morale's gone. Yeah. Yeah, they look susceptible away from home. Um, they were rubbish, weren't they? To be fair, they were really bad. I feel like I was about to bum Saliba, but fuck it, let's just go for it. I feel like Saliba did really well marshalling. I feel like a couple of those free balls in the first half, especially in previous years, would have caused us a lot of problems with like Koscielny, Matasaka, Mustafi. Whereas Saliba, he's got that recovery pace. I now know what it's like to have a VVD type player at the back where it's nice isn't it he can just it's recover nice. they, just, safe, yeah. they just recover and barge him off and you're like oh my god I haven't seen that before <laughs> that was amazing how did you do that yeah it's so lovely mm. well it used to be lovely yeah mm. Mm. but one more yeah, word on Saliba apparently we offered him a new contract so let's just see how that develops because I've, I've long thought he's not resigning so if he resigns goodness me we're having a party is it Saka Saliba and what Martinelli Martinelli's less of a concern because we can extend it to 2026 but we obviously need to reward him for his uptick in form the real concern is Saka and Saliba yeah I'd say the arguably the two key men take them out things look very different Mm, I think Saka as an absolute minimum I can almost let Saliba go because of everything that's happened I think you've peaked at a good time I think Saka looked a little dubious at times but I mean, right now, I mean, I was banging the drum for him to join Liverpool. Why would you right now? Might as well stay at Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's see how the season goes. I could see him playing for any big team now, which is the saddest thing. Yeah, but he's so good. I'm such a fan. I really like Saka. Yeah, he's a boy. He's a boy. Um, Right, enough bumming on Arsenal. Should we get to uh, your your side of the woods? Yes. Let's set the scene. (laughs) <laughs> Liverpool 1 leads 2 we are shit we are shit I'm hitting the klaxon it's time to get worried you oh, can't um, lose to Forest and Leeds back to back you can't lose the two teams that are so out of form back to back especially after beating City like what the actual fuck is this mm. so just to put in context Liverpool are unbeaten in 29 games at home Leeds have lost the last 4 games seems on paper a very easy win for the Reds no we lost of course we lost <laughs> The first goal summed it up. Fuck me. Joe Gomez. Oh. He actually, he tricked us, Joe Gomez. He tricked us. <laughs> he put in this performance against City, which was like amazing. And I thought, I was like, Joe Gomez is on the plane for England. He's on the plane. He's the best centre-back in England. The first goal was ridiculous. Like he, he runs over to shield the ball and then just, just plays a lovely cross into the box for Rodrigo to tap in doesn't look where Alisson is doesn't check where Van Dijk is just lays a lovely cross off and it was just shambolic Van Dijk not paying attention Robertson not covering the man yeah it, it was is bad. basics man it's basics that's the worst part yeah, these are like very really obvious mistakes and we of course we concede the first goal of course we give away stupid mistakes but like we give away a lot of chances as well we give away a lot of one-on-ones the system just doesn't look very good right now. And I think if you just compare it, even teams like Newcastle, Arsenal, City, they don't give away these big chances very often. And they make mm-hmm. it really difficult when they do. We give away like five or six pretty easily a game. Like Fulham, Bournemouth, much mm-hmm. more solid than us defensively. And I don't know what's up with it anymore. I feel like the midfield might be unable to protect the back line properly because they're all a bit old now. 
Mm. But then I think everyone's just still woefully out of form. Like Van Dyke's having a bad season, Trent's having a bad season, Joe Gomez has decided to just drop his levels to like one out of ten style. Robertson's <laughs> being fine, but one one player being fine yeah. is not, not great. A, and Allison is keeping us in these games. We could easily have a couple more losses. Yeah. I think that is the main the main issue is that Allison should never be the best player in Liverpool's team so far in the season. And right? he is pretty much every yeah, game at this is. point. Yes, he, um, he wasn't the best goalie on the pitch. Credit to Leeds. I mean, Melier made nine saves, yeah. which is a Premier League high this season. There's two. There's two. There's two ways to think about this, right? One, it's very unlucky because the um, Denson also had a really good game against Liverpool, and just when you feel like keepers are just having a good game against you, you can feel like it's just bad luck and it's unfair. But I, I take the opposite view that we are just making them look good because we're failing to be clinical. Better, Part better teams in better form. Like we, we could have just pumped leads five one realistically on another mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Well, at times it felt like um, it was going to go that way once you got the most Salah equaliser, and that's what we've seen from yeah. Liverpool all for the last four or five years. Is that ability yeah. just to bounce back from a from a goal and go on and smash them five one? You know, you, you think the floodgates will open once you score the one, but it seems like every goal is really hard for you guys to to get. You're just not scoring at the same level or same output. Obviously not, but. I just no, I can't put my finger on it. We always give we always give at least one goal. That's so we start at minus one. Our mm. goal scored has dropped. Goals conceded has gone up a lot. And we just give away all these chances. Basically, we're actually we're rubbish. We are a rubbish team this season. But what is it? And what is it? Is it the loss of Mane? Can it be? I, I think I think it's too simplistic. To it's too simplistic. Yeah, it is. I mean, Mane is a loss because Darwin Nunes is not as good as Mane binary Diaz is not as good as Mane but Diaz is not a million miles away from Diaz is out I think injuries has played its part I'm going to be fair though we've had a lot of bad injuries like we seem to have not been able to field our starting 11 once this season there's always caveats you've been really unfortunate with them Um, the team has aged quite a lot we've got one of the oldest starting lineups and oldest squads now which is not good like Henderson looks so slow now Fabinho Mm. looks slow Van Dijk looks slow everyone just looks slow suddenly so maybe the whole pressing system has fallen apart because everyone's slow now. But yeah, we're yeah. just getting we're just getting out out fought and just outran every game, which yeah. is not something that is normal. No, and that's like kind of our whole our whole style. I almost feel like their their winner epitomised it. Van Dijk should have covered that. He should never yeah. been in a position of being able to prod that home. And previous Liverpool, he would never have got to that point in previous seasons against Liverpool. I think no, there was the no pressure, thing. was there? It was no. just like training dummies again. Like Bamford's just sort of miscontrolling it and juggling it. The other guy just smashed it in Somerville, but there was no pressure at any point. It's just like we just yeah. allow, we just allow it to happen. It's like okay, feels like that. Whatever. It's almost like there's an inevitab- inevitability on Liverpool's side that oh, we're just gonna we're gonna concede. Whereas before, oh mate, I remember Liverpool's defense before, where it's like you guys defended with so much authority, like it was almost like disrespectful to even bring the ball into yeah. your half because you just it have it was imperious it was, it was imperious before it was it was actually amazing to watch it was the first time I've watched defending and just being like this is incredible stuff you think about that Liverpool 4-0 against Barcelona where they didn't get a sniff really and you played with the highest yeah, right. of lines um, but now look at us like I know honestly it just seems like no one's that bothered that's that's honestly how it, it comes across it's probably not the case but that's how it looks the people just aren't that bothered right now like the like, players themselves like, oh, season's gone whatever who cares it's true I guess that could be a point because Liverpool have always had something to play for right 
in the last three yeah. seasons there's always been a challenge whereas now you know you've won the domestic cups so maybe they're not well, they're not focused right now are they domestic cups Champions League's got to be your main focus I guess but you can't just let your, your, your league form fall off and yeah these losses no. Nottingham and Leeds really really more damaging because it came after such a good win against City isn't it so yeah it's just yeah it's just embarrassing really these are just embarrassing losses um yeah 20 points dropped already this season 20 points dropped in 12 games for context we dropped 22 points last season wow the entire fuck. season. that is crazy we're on course to drop about 60 points this season you guys be lucky to get European places the yeah, way it's that's going like, it's like 40 points this season the World Cup could be kind to you though yeah it could be but the way it's going mate Virgil injured true you know, mm. Alisson injured who knows mate but yeah it is grim this is this actually really annoyed me this result yeah, like Forest, just anomaly but this just annoyed me this is like the first time I've seen you like this genuinely concerned now it's not funny anymore it's not a blip is it it's, uh, it's nah. a problemo it just feels like a new low to me like to lose at home after not losing for 29 games it's at least Leeds are in terrible form and they're not exactly solid Leeds it's not like they're a, a, an awkward team but they're quite attacking but they leave a lot of chances a lot of gaps but yeah we can't defend we don't look asked at all. The midfield is just slow. And yeah, we just can't score goals, really. So mm. I still back Jürgen. I think he deserves time to fix it because he's, he's Jürgen and he's a world-class manager. He's got enough and, credit in the bank, surely. But I think we need to look very closely at how FSG reacts because I think... I'm not one to just like bang the drum and be like, we need 10 more players. <laughs> we need <laughs> no. to spend 300 million Chan. However... We do need to invest in at least one midfielder, a right back, and maybe even a new centre back or something. We need to inject new life into the team. Um, just go back to basics, like buy really promising players in the sort of 22, 23 age bracket who are, like Dortmund do, who are close to being world class, but not quite. Yeah, we need I mean, to, we that's need to like, stop buying. Yeah. We don't need to buy Thiago anymore. We don't need that. We need younger no, players now. No, no, no. Yeah, you need to re-energise that squad. Um, I wonder if Michael Edwards, the loss of Michael Edwards has had actually had a much more adverse effect than we think. Um, it's hard to say because there's not enough time has passed yet. I mean, we bought Darwin Nunes and that was basically our transfer window done. We bought Carvalho. Carvalho. So we, we, yeah, he hasn't played a single minute, so mm. kind of irrelevant at this point. I think we just we just haven't what we haven't done is strengthened from from a position of strength like Fergie always used to say you have to be ruthless yeah and like there two seasons ago maybe was the time to get rid of some of the older players like as much as I love Henderson maybe that was the time last summer to to kind of move him on go big get another midfielder in and just like refresh the team from a position of strength like Real Madrid do they're ruthless like they've really got their new midfield in and Cruz mm. and, um, mm-hmm. Cruz and Modric are still there they don't wait until they burn out. I'm wondering if complacency is set in at FSG from the top. I almost feel like Klopp's covering for FSG in the same way that Wenger did for Kroenke's for years. You know, there's clear lack of so. investment, isn't there? And they're, they're almost hiding behind the manager and he's having to answer for everything. But I think a lot of it's out of his control too. I mean, he's looking very irritable this season. 
This is not. Yeah, I don't blame him because it's like these are basic things. Like, as, a, as you imagine as a manager and then you see just these mistakes just every game. Oh, I know. Every game you give the same speech and you're like, stop fucking giving away chances. <laughs> like, just stop. Like, what are you doing? And then they yeah. go back on the pitch and they're just like, oh, the ball's in the box. Shall I get it? Nah. Like, yeah. Stupid, man. Yeah, looking at you, Trump. Looking at you, buddy. All um, of them, mate. They're all terrible at football right now. Yeah, something's got to give. You're a good lad still. We like that. Yeah, Mo's trying. I think you just got to wait for the World Cup break and see what investment comes in over the winter. And when you get a lot of the first team players back as well, you can just restart and maybe get a fifth, fourth. I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility. I think a lot of teams will still drop points. It's just, it's a really bad time where Newcastle are finding form, where Man United are finding form. Um, Exactly. They're no longer a basket case. So suddenly... The pressure's you've on basically now. Got, you've got, what, five teams to go into two slots if we consider Arsenal City... Tottenham. Yeah. In the top four. I wouldn't yeah. consider Tottenham in the top four just yet. They feel like they're two losses away from imploding at all times. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean, but it's just going to be very competitive this season. Maybe the most competitive top four race ever. And this is not yeah. the time to be for silly home losses such as uh, Saturday. So, hey, mate, we are We are... I mean, arguably, we're the most outperformed team now in the league because Leicester have picked up, Bournemouth have picked up, even Wolves have picked up a little bit. Arguably, we're the worst team in the league on form. Nah, nah, no, nah, you, you, you're going into the rounds of hyperbole now. Just on, relax, relax, man. On form, on form, I don't see any teams playing worse than us currently. It's funny, like Arsenal and Liverpool just swapped statuses in terms of clubs. I know. Like, it's I now look at your squad and I'm like, man, that's a nice squad. I know. Because you have that squad. And last so year, weird. it's just like, oh, Liverpool squad's so good. It's so weird, isn't it? So how things stacked, can change so yeah. quickly. But then, you know, Edu had a plan and he delivered the plan. And maybe FSG need to get a fucking plan. Maybe, mate. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's it see. It'll turn around. Yeah. All right. Well, look, enough doom and gloom. You want to take a break? You want to go yeah. for another one? Let's take no, a break. Mate, let's take a break. And then when we come back, more games. <laughs> we are back straight into the next game let's move on from that misery of the first half jubilation and then misery how the tides have turned but anyway <laughs> speaking of a club who experienced both of those emotions every match nice Bournemouth 2 Tottenham 3 I feel I feel sad for Bournemouth objectively Me too. I feel like they they dominated the first half and then Spurs made changes because they just have a better squad and Spurs dominated the second half and unfortunately that little bit of extra quality told in the end but yeah just a very good game there wasn't a lot of difference between these two teams which is a very big compliment to Bournemouth I completely agree I completely agree I almost feel like uh, Tottenham were very lucky well they were very lucky to get away with that one some would say they they were due a bit of luck though true true swings and roundabouts I suppose Let's be honest though. Ooh, How much were you hoping that Benton Cool's winner in the ninety second minute got ruled out? Oh, could you imagine? I honestly think Conte would have left. He would have straight up just left the Prem. He would have he left England. He would have, he would have pulled that hair transplant straight out. <laughs> like, fuck this. I'm going, I'm going Juventus, mate. <laughs> Where I can fix everything. 
Oh, I did wonder. Yeah. Sort of crapped me up. I mean, that would have been beautiful had that happened. But like you say, I feel like it was, on reflection, it's a fair result. But I think for Bournemouth, Bournemouth should still be really disappointed because of the two final goals they conceded were just from corners. I know. And they've been really solid since Gary Neal took over. Like, they've been mm. hard to break down. They've been pretty good at set pieces. So, disappointing. Spurs aren't... wasn't even... They're not the biggest team, I would say. Who, Bournemouth? No, Spurs. You know, they're not, like, noticeably... Uh, yeah, good, yeah, they? they're not... I mean, they do have a set-piece coach, but if you look at the set-pieces, there was just literally the ball in the box and no one there to put pressure, especially the second goal for Tottenham. Yeah. So, have to be disappointed, but maybe they just put so much energy into the first 70 minutes that they just couldn't maintain that level. Yeah, well, yeah. I, think, I think what it was is that Spurs made some changes, um, they changed formation because they were getting absolutely battered um, and that really kind of helped them get a foothold in the game. Talk about my main man, the man of the match for me, Kiefer Moore. I like Kiefer, Kiefer bloody Moore, Moore. Because he's very, very large and that's fun. It's always nice <laughs> when you see a player who's like so ridiculously oversized playing in like top flight sport. Don't you think? Because it like doesn't always make he sense. He is a monster. But then... He's fucking huge. Look, Antonio Conte is a world-class manager and so by definition Gary O'Neill is a world-class manager because he looked at this team and he looked at Emerson Royale and he was like Kiefer Moore's going to destroy you he's going to destroy you on that back post and he did two times two he times did. two goals first counter-attacking move Emerson Beautiful. Royale couldn't get close to him wonderful first time finish and then second just headed into the back post Emerson Royale floundering around so a masterclass from Gary O'Neill, I think, to introduce first half, move to a four-four-two, and just target that back post where Emerson Real is vacant usually. Yeah, Emerson, Emerson Royale just got sent to the shops. He should not be getting beat into the ball by Kiefer Moore. He's not the fastest on his feet, Kiefer. He should be scoring with his head. Good feet for a big man. That's what I took away Mate, from this quality finish, though, wouldn't it? First so goal, so good. He he's going to be a threat at the World Cup he's going to bully yeah we were saying this off camera what's going to happen this is it England-Wales we're going to be like oh yeah Wales easy game easy game Trent's going to be playing Kiefer Moore's going to score a hat-trick he's going to dominate Trent at that back post again and again and again oh god yeah the matchup between him and Trent would not be pretty that's for sure imagine Maguire and Trent on the right hand side <laughs> of our defence and Tyro Mings <laughs> on the left Ooh. oh my god oh god <laughs> so yeah it's so Ooh, yeah um, yes but no Kiefer had a great game and I like to see Kiefer do well because he reminds me of the Trojan horse because he's just a big lad know. didn't know he had that quality in his feet so Kiefer I apologise for underestimating you but yeah solid performances I feel Solanke did really well in that build up as well yes. they, they're forming a nice little partnership hey yeah, those two and Phil Billing, crucial to Bournemouth. Just really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, what else happened? I thought Sessegnon had a good game. Very good finish from for the sort of comeback yes. goal. Um, yes. I really like him as a left wing back. I think he's probably going to lock that position down for years to come. And maybe part of the reason they brought in Perisic was so that Sessegnon could learn from Perisic over the next year or two and then take the mantle mm-hmm. because... He That's was one point. of the wonder kids a few years ago and he kind of like went off the boil a bit so there's a very it's high potential Tottenham player just didn't there. work out. No, maybe the didn't wrong it? club but it'd be nice to see him rehabilitated because he could be a player for England in the future. I'd, there's I'd a player him, in there. I'd put him third or fourth on the World Cup ladder for that left wing back slot. Who goes ahead of him? 
Shaw, Chilwell, obviously, because Gareth loves him. And then... Yeah, of course. Probably Trippier as a left wing back. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> not my not my personal preference, but that's 100% what Gareth would rather do. Yeah, yeah. Any, You know what I mean? Anything to do with right backs, Gareth's all about. Yeah, loves it. Um, Fair play. What do you think about Travis? I want to say... Oh, yeah, no, I just want to say Kane and Son both had an off game, but Spurs won. Has that happened this season? I don't know. Has there been not. a game where Tottenham have won where Kane hasn't scored? I don't think there has, you know. Potentially not. Yeah, it's true, actually. The squad players got a lot more involved in this one, which is always a good yeah. sign. I'm going to throw it out yeah. there. We can single handedly put all of the the Tottenham won in the fact that Eric Dyer didn't play. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Forget the two goals they conceded. Not important. No, nah, mate. They were just... Uh, look, Eric Dyer wouldn't... He wouldn't have been able to do anything in this game. It would have been worse. Bournemouth was scored four. He's rubbish. But yeah, a back three of Davies, Sanchez and Longley doesn't make me feel very good, but it makes me feel a lot better than introducing Eric Dyer in for any of those. So there you go. He's done. Dyer by name. Dyer by nature. God, God Almighty! I mean, maybe the experiment's dead. Conte's finally seen enough after sporting Lisbon, which is completely fair. We've been saying it for weeks, yep. Antonio. If you want to get on the pod and scream at us, you're welcome to. That's the dream backline for England: Harry Maguire, Eric Dyer, Tyrod Mings, <laughs> Harry Maguire, <and> Eric Dyer. <laughs> oh my God! In oh. front of a very erratic Jordan Pickford, who gets increasingly frustrated with with all of them. You never know. It might be like the Maverick defence where it's just like one game concede four and the next game we I don't know. Actually, no, it'd just be a mess because we won't score in anyway. We will become the ultimate set-piece team. Any we already corner, are. All the big boys up. I mean, we already yeah. are. But yeah. We already are. But guys, speaking of the World Cup, we have officially confirmed our lineup. So in due time, you're going to have the most comprehensive World Cup coverage through these winter months. Just wanted to throw that in. A little yeah, bit of a it's teaser all, for you. It's all very exciting. Um, it's going to be potentially three episodes a week. We're going to be covering all the games because we don't fuck around, mate. We don't fuck, fuck around. around. No. If you're interested in hearing about Senegal versus whoever, <laughs> we got you. Do we know a lot exactly. about Senegalese football? Yes, we fucking do, mate. Yes, we, we do now. And we will be adding in World Cup trivia... And other surprises. <laughs> I would, I, I'd hesitate to overpromise now. Yeah, yes. I know. I was going to like list out all these things that we weren't going to do, so that was probably a silly idea. And we will do some uh, mailbag questions because our mailbox is absolutely flooded. Flooded with amazing questions from listeners. So, guys, yes. thank you so much for sending those through. Yeah. All right, on to the next game. <laughs> Newcastle 4, Aston Villa nil. The Gerard oh. bounce is over. RIP. It, it was good while it, it lasted. Is. Yeah, I am officially scared of Newcastle. Told you, mate, they're no joke. They no might no have joke. come 15th last season, allegedly, but this season, <laughs> <laughs> they're going, they're top four. They, look, they're, Easy. they're actually, they're the third best team in the league right now. Because they have the best defence, and right now, it's a bit like Arsenal, everything's just going right. I'd actually say they're probably on par with Arsenal which is almost criminal but if you take into oh, account their no. defensive efforts no, no, no. I dare say they've had a harder schedule than us though 
Yes, they have. They have had a scheduled new. But yeah, they are. Mm. They are like way ahead of where they're supposed to be right now. We were supposed to have a couple seasons to like get our own houses in order before this happened. They weren't supposed no. to gate crash like immediately straight away. Especially with Miggy Almiron turning into prime seller. Yeah, Miggy needs to calm down now. Yeah. So Miggy yeah, needs to calm down. I'll say to you off camera, Miggy Almiron, what I think's happened here is like in Space Jam, where like the aliens like steal all the talents of the NBA players and they like put it in that basketball. And this is my mm. new theory on Miggy Almiron, because he's too good after being too bad. And it's not normal. So I believe he's stolen the ability of someone else. If you can think of a player who suddenly dropped off suspiciously in the same position, look Mate, into that's it. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> we need to yeah. look into has, it. Has any left wingers gone missing inconspicuously? Mm, yeah. So I was wondering if he'd stolen Salah's talent, but Salah started to score goals again. So. Yeah, Salah's looking a bit resurgent now. Yeah, I think Miguel Almiron's becoming a bit of a left foot specialist, like that curler into the top corner. It's just Absolutely two and two at St James's Park. It's the best compliment you can give him is no one was surprised. They were like, "He's, he's going to score. He's going. He's he, oh, yeah. done it again. Yep, yeah, cool. Standard. Another one. What's annoying? Real. What's annoying about Miggy is he's a very likable chap as well. He I is. feel myself warming to him and it's I don't because want to we've warm seen to his backstory mate we know his struggle it's true it's true you know his dad died in Mexico and <laughs> exactly like we've seen it and like once you get to know someone you can empathise with them a lot more <laughs> love this goal reference I love it I it's so strong it. it's just so strong so strong he is literally having the character arc of Santiago Munoz I just don't know what else to say I don't know if you know this um, but there was actually a goal too which I've never seen and I think is that oh he goes to Madrid I, I have seen that Real Madrid so watch this face if <laughs> if Miguel Ron moves to Real Madrid we are officially not in the real world anymore oh yeah that's quality that's quality oh my god if he comes to Galactico we are in a matrix yeah. we are living in a matrix right and that's I would, it's I would too untrue to it. I'd love to see it you know what if he carries this on I can see it I can fucking see it if, if he a gets Maria 20 goals, type player yeah, 20 goals a season like yeah why not could see it man could see it but yeah who but else yeah. had a good game Callum Wilson had a good game two goals one assist man the match performance in front of Gareth Southgate it's, it's hot enough in that race to be Kane's backup isn't it really is it really, I feel like Wilson's one, a good who are you taking what between between who between whoever you like mate who are you taking right now as a backup well oh as backup Harry bloody Kane obviously yeah uh, ooh Ooh, I feel like I it swings feel. every week doesn't it it swings every week I'm not just doing this because he scored two you might be sorry my airpods keep fucking up I'm not saying it's just because he scored two but I really feel like Wilson needs to be taken purely because he's a very different kind of striker compared to Kane I feel like Tony and Kane and Abraham to an extent are all quite similar in terms of what they do they hold the ball up um, a real danger from set pieces whereas Callum Wilson kind of makes those runs in behind and is a bit of a menace in and around the box you know he, he pretty much lives inside the penalty area so probably Wilson but I'd like to think he's going to take at least three bloody strikers surely uh, uh, yeah I think if for nothing else they're all exceptionally good at penalties as well so it's just a useful thing to have mm-hmm. in the back pocket mm-hmm. they're all in good form mm-hmm. they're all good at penalties and goals from open play is not our strength so we might as well have as many goal scorers 
options as possible. I say. But yeah, mate. Yeah, I feel you there. We feel laughed at him. He laughed at him and he said he thinks he Who's should be back up. Who's laughing now? Who's laughing now? He said it with his chest, mate. I mean, he's coming into form at the right time, so I wouldn't be upset if he made the plane. Recency bias is real. Recency One good bias week changes real. everything. DCL gets a hat-trick next week. Boom. He's on the plane. It's literally how it works. Um, what do you think um, Unai Emery fought in the stands watching the team he rejected last year smash the team that he's just accepted I think he might be looking at his contract seeing if there's a release clause already <laughs> seeing it, looking at his bank account and thinking maybe I maybe, maybe it's not too late maybe I can get out of this I mean it's pretty bad I think he'll do well I do think he he'll do better later. he'll do better Gerard for sure but feels like there's a lot wrong at Villa at the moment more there than is. there should be it's a bit like Everton they should be better than this I don't know I feel like Villa got really sh- kind of unbalanced squads you've got Watkins and Ings who are literally the same player yeah. so why you play both Buendia of them at the same time and Coutinho who are literally the same player the same player and you know Buendia has not kicked on since Coutinho's arrived yeah. Coutinho hasn't got a goal or assist this season the defence obviously they've lost a lot of their signings Diego Carlos John McGinn's lost form Tyrone Mings doing Tyrone Mings things yeah Martinez looking ropey this season there's so much going wrong but you never know a fresh impetus from Unai who hasn't had the best record in this country but overall you'd say he's a top class manager and you would expect him to do better he will be the best manager they've had since they came back in the Prem by a mile Mm -hmm. so I'm happy to see him back it'd be nice to see Unai Good yeah, manager to have. he's a good lad, mate. He's a very good lad, and he's he's an he interesting is. character. He's still got that Bond villain like feel about him, which I like. Oh yeah, I can't wait to see his slick back hair in the in the suit. Yeah, it all is he needs is like a cat on his chair lap. in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> 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 always starts each game. Back to the. I mean, look, he's always at Villa clubs, around. isn't he? And he's a bit of a villain. And he's now at the Oi, villains. That's good. So, you know. <laughs> Maybe the there is something there, there. Villa, 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 villa. He's a villain. <laughs> he's a villain. Do we need to, yeah. It's Unai the villain. Love that. But yeah, I mean, it's just a really impressive 4 0 win. I don't think we've got that much more to say in it, to be honest, other than Newcastle really just look the real deal this season and it'll be interesting to see who's able to beat them this year I can't remember the last time they lost was it you guys maybe it was you guys yeah it might have been us and that was very lucky Um, Mm. yeah mate they just look really good and I want to just talk about Tyrone Mings because I've got beef with Tyrone Mings you're obsessed I am I'm like Graham Souness with Pogba (laughs) but for me it's Mings I just don't think he's very good oh here we go I can't I can't accept that he's good and then you see like his performance in this game, like he's just flying around, like he's concussed Martinez, which was an accident. Fine, I hope Martinez is okay. Shouldn't have played on, mm-hmm. by the way. And then like two minutes later, he's like forward rolling over Wilson. He's just, he's just wild, mate. He's like Harry Maguire. You notice him too much, way too much. Mm. He's not a clean, calm, composed presence. He's just like oh no, he's like an old school wild centre back, and it's not really. There's no place for him really. You know, he's like a throwback. What you want is like ball-playing centre-backs who are cool and collected and might make the occasional mistake, but 
there's no fuss in him he just just runs around like a like a lunatic sometimes you know what he plays up to that English stereotype that we just like passion and commitment yeah. Um, and no Tyrone not in this day and age we like <laughs> sensible clean defending now thank exactly. you very much like do you ever notice Ruben Diaz really when he plays no you don't no that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of it and it doesn't so, get to the point where Tyrone gets to yeah no one but no one doubts that he's world class no one worries about it despite there being sometimes very little evidence of him doing very much he's just a very calming influence and he does everything quietly and officially then Tyrone's just flying around just smashing mm. everyone like it's just bad that's bad signs and he's going to give away a penalty if he starts for England I'm oh, sure I mean it'd be interesting to see if he's on the plane I feel like Southgate's got a real poison chalice this year no one's going to be happy with the squad selection ultimately is, I've mate. got this feeling never no is never but is. Too much I feel like this year more than ever it's just up in the air and like people are not going to be happy but look Let's leave Tyrone alone because we do need him to do well in the World Cup. We do. Um, I want to. I want to do a very random shout out to Maximan. I think he's got rid of his braids. What? What is up? No. With that? I think he's got rid of his braids, and I had a thought. I hope he's not like Samson. You know Samson in Greek mythology, where mm. like all his power and all his skill was in his hair, and so someone cut <laughs> off his hair, and then he just he was nothing. And I just hope that Maximad is not like that. And he just becomes oh my God. like... He's at the like Sean, Like Sean Longstaff, industrious midfield engine. You know, he loses all of his flair, all of his silly like Samba moves. I'd really hate that. Oh, he has. He's, he's got a clean fade now. First Ivan Tony and now St. Maximan. Oh, it's really quite sad, this. It's really quite sad. He looks smart, though. It's the death. His braids are iconic, to be fair. It's the death, the of, death of braids in the Prem. I don't know if there's anyone uh, left who's got braids now. Salisu, right. maybe? Maybe. Bring back the braids, hashtag. All right, exactly. bring them back. We like Mavericks with the braids. I think it's good for your brand. Like, everyone knows that Maximan. Partly because of the bandana and the braids. Fresh fades, everyone's got one. It's overrated, mate. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just want a fresh fade. You just want to start again. And yeah. I'm not going to begrudge that. Not going to begrudge that. Goodness me, I could do have a nice fade as well, actually. I should book, book the vibes off. <laughs> me too. This. Me too, mate. <laughs> we're looking um, quite shaggy, mate. Yeah. It's, that's why we're on podcast, mate. True. True, true, true. All Listen right. to our voice. Don't look at our hair. Next game, maybe. Leicester nil, Man City won. No Haaland. That's interesting. No problem. And, well, yeah, arguably. But yeah, it was a much tighter game. I think probably solely for that reason. Um, and actually, City... City found it quite hard I thought overall Leicester played they very well they yeah. had a reasonable amount of half chances to get something mm-hmm. out of this game one Tielemans volley that thundered off the crossbar would have been mm-hmm. really nice to see go in and there was one very funny sort of weird clearance ricochet where Stone just booted it into Diaz's head and it almost went in for a no goal in the 90th minute but yeah. apart from that not too much going on really it's pretty comprehensive for City all in all although City dominated without really penetrating at any point their goals came from very similar to the Dortmund game midweek yeah and you wonder if maybe you know the schedule's taken out of them a little bit as well potentially it's probably taken it out of a lot of teams actually especially the ones every team the ones that played a lot of um, European football maybe that's why Newcastle looks so good because they are just fresher coming into the season and also they're not playing Europe still this season so yeah 
So actually, they're not playing every three days. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a very obvious point, but it's a very valid point, I think, as to why maybe they're doing a little bit better. But hey, uh, it was a it was a moment of magic from De Bruyne, as we've come to expect. He is the goat of midfielders in his current time. He is. I've said it before. He's the goat. He's just so good, isn't he? Even if he has an off game like yesterday on Saturday, but he still gets that moment of magic where it's just like pfft, can't do can't can't do much about that, can you? Yeah, he's still their most influential player. Um, it's tempting to say it's Haaland, but he really is at the centre of everything. I mean, I've listed things that I think he's world class at, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. Set pieces, world class. Yep. Long shots, world class. Crossing, yeah. world class for sure. Yeah. I think he's honestly the best crosser I've seen. Yeah, in yeah. Um, passing yeah. in general, obviously world class. Playing football with both feet, world class. Oh, world class. General power, world class. World class. Dribbling, world class. Leadership, world class. Tackling, maybe not tackling, world class. But I just, I thought very I good still. Anyway. He's still so, good at pressing. Like he gets his body about. He was doing some proper shithousery stuff yesterday. He was just absolutely hacking Tielemans. I don't know if you saw that. Nah. Whole game, he was just battering Tielemans. <laughs> he, he's, he's just a general, isn't he? He just, he just rolls around, exudes, like, authority. He's actually a general. He's actually the perfect midfielder. He's unreal. He's like Gimaresh, but, like, Gimaresh evolved. He's I honestly an think, player, but I honestly think he's the reincarnation of Gerard 2.0. Like... With a, few, with a few upgrades Gerard, that's what I mean yeah. with a few upgrades potentially he's like a cultured Gerard. Mm. he's just an amalgamation of all the best midfielders in the Prem what a man what a man but what I hate beast. waxing lyrical about City when when will they have some bloody drama yeah doing the Edim it is quite boring um, Jack Grealish Jack Grealish is world class at only one thing I, I think and that's winning fouls <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no he's perfect at the on the left hand side of the box little step over and then pass on overlap that's yeah. his thing that's his if only you, move though if you think Saka gets kicked this guy mate he's world class at getting kicked he is he is but I almost feel like he's pretty effective at what he does it's just it's not a stat paddy role like he's not going to get a good stats from doing what he's doing at the moment he's getting so many pre-assists mm. well he got the assist for this one I I I feel does, like does it, it count? Does, does it, I don't know if it counts because he won the free kick, which De Bruyne scored. So I don't know if that counts, but it should. I don't you mean that'd be so funny, so classic. If it doesn't count, just sums up his time. Oh, I don't. I really don't think it does. Weird. I really don't think it does. Well, anyway, when you've got someone as lethal as De Bruyne on set pieces, doesn't winning matter. fouls yeah, around exactly. the box, pretty good. So yeah, world class. But Leicester played well, and I don't think they should be too disappointed. Like. I was very, very rude about Brendan and his ability to turn it around. But he's actually managed to turn it around, it seems like. Some would say it's because he started playing defenders who could defend in the defence. But, you know, I'm not going to be that simplistic. I'm not going to be that petty. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. don't know. So aren't you suddenly back in the team and they're playing all right? So maybe you were right. Amate did still start on the other side of centre-back. I think they're three at the back because... Uh, Faiz Faish was also playing yeah Danny Ward doesn't look so bad anymore either yeah the commentary team in that game said a very good point he's starting to look and play like a number one whereas at the start of the season he didn't have that kind of consistency yeah he was flapping I think that's fair because when he was at Liverpool he got loaned out to Huddersfield and he played well in the championship but then he sat on the bench for like a year 
Then he moved to Leicester and just sat on the bench for a while. So like, he hasn't had the sort of normal process to to becoming a number one with like five yeah. load spells, you know. I think with goalkeepers, you need to get into a rhythm more than most, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I like but I think see. yeah, Leicester are going to be fine. I think Leicester have a good enough squad. And who yeah, is like going say, down? Who is going down anymore? I think this is the tightest year for me ever. I wouldn't. I yeah, it's always been one candidate that's I, always like nailed on. One hundred percent. Do you feel confident with any saying any names? Really, I don't. I'm still going to stick with Bournemouth because I feel like they will yeah. sink. But I'm not one hundred percent confident like I was at the start of the season. It could be anyone. It could be, it could be anyone from Leicester, Forest, Wolves, Leeds. Everton could get dragged into that if I'm honest. Yeah, Villa, um, Palace, Villa, Villa probably looking pretty bang on. Palace could get dragged into it. It's it's gonna be a really interesting season at the bottom, actually. Mm. And maybe another sign that yeah, PL's just only getting more competitive. You got people like West Ham buying Lucas Paqueta for 45 mil, Brazil international, and they're languishing in 13th, 14th, 15th. And you just the level of the PL is just just yards ahead of anywhere else. To we are honest. the Super League now. We are. We are. We don't need a Super League. Let everyone else go to the fucking Super League. Do you know what I mean? It's true. Dominate the Champions League for years. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should open up another spot. Five teams from England. Oh, UEFA hate England though. They wouldn't do it. They already hate the fact that four English teams always make it through to the knockout round. They hate it. <laughs> yeah. It's true. But fuck it. Open up another spot. Don't be like that. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean they're expanding the Champions League soon aren't they so let's have a look see what they do I think it would make it more fun because I feel like games at night midweek just take on a different energy like Champions League games like Liverpool City Champions League games they take on a different feeling don't they to Prem games mm. it's nice I was thinking about this recently I don't know what it is because it just feels different it does even though like you could have Monday night football City versus Liverpool Anfield and it still would feel like a domestic game but as soon as it goes to European it's just it's a different buzz in the air exactly and wouldn't you love to see that like see what Newcastle can do for example in Europe against AC Milan it won't be long before we see Newcastle get the Champions League anthem at St James's Park that's going to be a sight oh, I don't think I've ever phenomenal. seen that in my life actually I'm not sure I have either probably not, sure not. I want to Mm. Yeah, all, there's always going to be those asterisks, but it is what it yeah. is. It is what it is, you know what it's I mean? Otherwise, you're just sucking lemons. No going back. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Let's move. Shall we, shall we have a break and then finish off these last last few games? I'm just trying to work out how many games did we just do? Three. We've got, we've got four more. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's take They're not the most exciting. Yeah. All right. See you soon. <laughs> Welcome back to the final part from the Backseat Football Podcast. We have the last four games from the weekend to run through. And we're going to start with Man U 1, West Ham 0 at Old Trafford. A good win, by all means, for, for Man United and progress made. Um, they're looking so solid at the back now, it's really pissing me off, actually. I thought Harry Maguire returning would offer an opportunity, but he looked all right. He looked all right, to be honest. Sterner test to come, but yeah, he's passed, he's passed his first uh, exam. Yeah, didn't see. I didn't notice him during the game, like we spoke there about. There you before, go, mate. Tyron Mings. There you go. I know. 
I know. If there was a couple them, of times that he, he felt like going for, you know, a Beckenbauer run through the middle, but then he just, he stopped it. And I think that's Ten Hag. Yeah. <laughs> Ten Hag's finally getting through to him. Steady, steady, steady. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. And I feel like I really need to give Ten Hag some credit now. We laughed at him. We said Eric 10 games, didn't we, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that Brentford loss. Who's laughing um, now? Who's laughing now? I mean, how many clean sheets? I think it's eight clean sheets in a row at fucking... Old Trafford makes me feel sick. It's the fact um, that we're not really talking about them anymore. We only talk about sort of Ronaldo. But apart from that, it's pretty drama free. Yeah, they're just quietly going about their business. Going in the right direction as well. We don't start with Marcus Rashford. Birthday boy today. Happy birthday, Marcus. Is he? What? What? 25? 25. Oh, he's still well, actually, I think it was yesterday. 25. Still um, got ages to go. Seven goals already this season after a slow start. Two more than he got all of last season. So Very good. Honestly, I think Marcus gets on the plane ahead of Raheem for me. Oh, not form. a chance, mate. Not a chance. Ooh. Raheem is Gareth Southgate's general. I know, I know. And also, if, if you're I going may, on form, Sterling did score most of the goals in the Euros in our last tournament. He was generally our best. I know he's just out of form, isn't he? Yeah, but he's a guaranteed starter. He is also playing left wing back right now. I know, true. He is an undroppable, isn't he? Um, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I was trying to shoehorn Rashford in. Rashford still gets on the plane now. Maybe he's Rashford out the last gets in squads. ahead of like Callum Wilson or Tony as a sort of dual position player. Mm, I think so. He's making his runs are seem so smart. He's getting in so many opportunities to score every game. Yeah, it could have been more than one nil. Last weekend, who did they play last weekend where he had so many chances? Tottenham could have had a hat trick against Tottenham. True. I think if he does that for England when we need that incisiveness, oh, I would just love to see it. Um, but I'm happy to see his uptick in form. As we said before, we love, we, we, all, we all like Rashford. He's a good lad. He's a good lad. And he's played uh, one of those sort of FIFA upgrade cards where he's just boosted his heading <laughs> from like three, good header. three to nine. Got it. Mate, it's unreal. Good bloody header that. Don't yeah, know where that came from. It. No struck with anger it was like this is fucking going in yeah. like, I've had enough I've had it like, my feet yeah. don't work right Bang. now <laughs> let's just try yeah. this maybe learn it from Ronaldo who knows um, very true I mean I'd, I'd love to think that was true but knowing Ronaldo and the sort of yeah, narcissistic sort of he is. guy that he is I doubt he's sharing any trade secrets while he's competing for a spot <laughs> Train. Probably training alone. Yeah, <laughs> he's just got it's in the ice bath. A wall of like bouncers all around his bit of the pitch, so no one can see what he's up to. <laughs> Thing is, Man United would accommodate that for him as well. Yeah, it's probably yeah a little bonus on top. Um, that was fucking funny. Ronaldo did start the game. He shot he at every opportunity, regardless of whether it was a good decision or a bad decision. He just did classic behaviour, really. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see him back in the team. It was kind of smart from Ten Hag because he was threatening to kind of take the narrative away from the improvement of Man United, this whole Ronaldo debacle. Mm-hmm. So I think to just reintegrate him, praise him in the post-match, didn't really praise him actually, it was lukewarm praise at best, but to give him a shout out. And you know, like, you look at Man United now compared to where they were at the start of the season, it just seems like a very calm ship. Stable, they're working on you know their way of playing football players like Casemiro are getting better every game I'm sure that's a major part of why they're keeping so many clean sheets yeah 
And you know what? And hold my hands up. I was wrong about Martinez. He's actually a very competent centre back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all laughed. We all laughed. Don't worry. We all laughed. And it's a problem turns out being predictions. you have to you have to make them, but. You've got to make them. End up with egg all over your face. Yeah, honestly, I've got eggs for days when it comes to United and how they're turning out. Yeah, Martinez looks great actually for a little five. Oh, that's really harsh for a five foot nine to centre back. He really does kind of have a stature about him. He, I see. He's, he's a bit of a warrior, isn't he? Yeah, but it's almost like people don't want to go in like for a duel with him. I think, I think that's the mark of a great defender. Is when mentally you're already going in losing. You know. Yeah. Um, I like him which is yeah, impressive yeah. I think Ten Hag honestly deserves a lot of credit because he came in with a yeah. bit of a reputation for being quite strict and quite an authoritarian and you wondered how he could manage this all but I think he's actually handled like all the situations well including the Ronaldo situation he's not he's not afraid mm-hmm. to, to hold back and tell him off publicly and leave him out and I respect that like he's, he's got, the first manager to really lay down authority. the law you, know, you can feel it yeah. the fact that Ronaldo came back yeah. in and played I could have easily seen Ronaldo just drop and not bother. So I think I think he's actually he's the right man for the job. Like I feel like he's in control. He's not overawed by managing Man United at all. No, not cool. at all. Not at all. I think he's relishing it. It's not like a he's not seeing it as a curse or you know, like he's not he doesn't look afraid. He understood the challenge. He's taking that challenge head on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the first time I was really impressed with Ten Hag is when they lost that 4-0. And you know, there was that big thing about Brentford outran them by mm-hmm. four kilometres or whatever. And so the next day he ordered the whole squad and coaching staff and himself to do that amount of running at the training ground the next day. And that was the first time I was like, all right, this guy, this guy's getting a handle on this shit. There's no point in fingers. There's no leaks to the media. It's all dealt with in-house, with one team, I'm part of this team, we all take the fault, we win and lose together kind of mentality. and It's doing wonders for him, really. Yeah, it's really impressive. Um, what I will say is that, this is classic David Moyes, mate, he cannot win away at any <laughs> of the big six clubs. No wins in 70. Moises? 7-0. Not 17, 70 no attempts. way. Across really? all of his managerial... Um, games at Everton and West Ham he's never won away at a traditional big six club such a big That's mental a block it's insane and yeah yeah and you think like, football was like, pretty off yesterday Liverpool played Liverpool have been absolute shit like in sort of the 2012 period Arsenal have been pretty rubbish like 2016 Man United have been rubbish for like what three years potentially even Chelsea like will drop the occasional clangor and just lose and yet he's managed to never win with both like See solid mid-table teams. I mean, Everton at one point were really good. Crazy. You know what? He just doesn't play the expansive football kind of required. There's no, there's no kind of spontaneity in his football. It's very kind of systemic, isn't it? It's rigid, narrow, move together. Um, and I feel like this West Ham squad, he could have at least made more of a game of it. I agree. Honest. I totally agree. You know what I mean? But we move, unfortunately. Um, what else happened? Yeah. Craig Dawson was at the centre of everything in quite a bad way. Like, made some mistakes at the back. Ended up on the end of all their attacking moves as well for some reason. So it's just not ideal. Not where you want him. He's been quite solid recently, Craig. So, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of disappointment to see him floundering. Yeah, I remember one where he just gave the ball straight away from the back. And it was just like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So... 
I always thought he was quite a steady player, but maybe maybe time is ca- catching up with him. Or bad day. But I mean, West Ham, again, they just need to get to the, to the World Cup and reassess now. They've had a shocking start to the season, all things considered. Yeah, but they'll hey, be fine though. It they'll is. Be absolutely fine. It, it, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. It's just, it would be nice if, especially with the signings that they had, it would be nice to have seen a bit more progress from them this year. But it's an exceptional year. But let's move on. Let's move on. I'm sick of talking about how good United are. Crystal Palace <laughs> 1, Southampton 0. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest guys again I didn't watch this one so Jack take it away two teams struggling for points so both would have been looking at this as a crucial three pointer it turns out these aren't these teams aren't very comparable like Palace dominated the game pretty much the whole way through um, they were un- unlucky not to take the lead with a, an offside goal they hit the post and just generally created a lot of chances um, but they did get their breakthrough after some very nice pressing from Zaha Something you love to see, not something you associate with Zaha. A very good overlapping run from Mitchell on the left, and then a very confident finish from Edwards. Oh, sorry, I and did then, see this goal again. It's a brilliantly worked goal, this. After that, it was basically done. Look, oh, the thing is, right, is that if you compare what Southampton have got in terms of attackers to Palaces, Southampton, Armstrong, Adams, Elinusi. And then Crystal Palace, Zaha, Edward, mm. Eze, Olise. Like, it's really, really different. So, it's actually not that surprising. There was one sort of backheel flick from Eze to Zaha in the first half, which just, I liked it. I'm a big fan of Eze. And he sort of, do you remember Giroud did that sort of weird sort of scorpion kick where he kind of flicked his leg behind him and scored? Oh, like yeah. Who, just who on the run, him? he just flicked yeah. that, just laid it on Zaha. Just good, mate. Eze's good. And if England players keep dropping like flies, he's he's going hundred percent. Mate, Madders and Eze sniffing up sniffing at that squad. They should yeah. be up there, shouldn't they? they should 100%. Be up there. What else? Okay, uh Patty V. He's 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 not under pressure anymore. That's my verdict. And they're <laughs> up to tenth. They went into this game with oh, one you point know separating what? them. No, you know what? With the, with the table on the bottom. It's like one win will see you go from 15th to 10th. That's how close it is, isn't it? It's just, it's mental. Yeah. It's mental. And then in a couple of weeks' time, you'll see Palace back at 13th and in danger of drop again. It's just crazy. However, Sorry. Palace just, are now 10th. I cannot 10th. get over how competitive it is this year. Level with Liverpool on points. So if we're including oh Palace in the relegation God. battle, then we have to include Liverpool technically. Mate, Liverpool need to turn it on, man. That's danger. Jesus. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, sorry. Sorry about that. I didn't want to drag you back into that one. Into the trauma. That's all right, mate. We've got Napoli tonight. <laughs> There'll be more trauma to come. More blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, rousing win at Anfield for Liverpool, I'm sure. I'm sure. Who knows? Anyway, Brentford won. Wolves won. This was a game of two teams in bad form who have much higher ceilings and they both needed a win. So a draw seemed inevitable and they drew. That's it. That's my review. I'm just kidding. That, that, were, yeah. Wow. <laughs> there were there were there were three moments of fun in a pretty boring game, but they were very good moments. The first half basically yeah, nothing happened. But the second half, oh, it came alive in the second half. And <laughs> look, when you look at these teams and you think, who are the flair players? Ivan Tony, Ruben Neves, Diego Costa, Ben Mee. Ben Mee comes in with Samba football scores a scissor kick from a corner 
I don't get it. That's crazy. But it happened. Ben Mee shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed to do such things on pitch. He is unshackled, mate, from, from his Burnley days. <laughs> it turns out Ben Mee might have actually been a, a midfielder this whole time. Just masquerading as an all-action centre-back. But he's actually very handy on the ball. Got no pace, though. No bloody pace. He does have no pace. That's true. Um, and then Neves scored Still. another outside-of-the-box screamer less than a minute later. So I think Makes he scored... Sense. He's, got, he's probably scored basically all of Wolves' goals at this point, I'd say. Over 50% this season. He is literally dragging them, isn't he? Neves. And he only scores bangers, so... He's and got then, to go at the end of the season, hasn't he? He's got to move on to a better club. He should have moved he on. He can't be signing another contract with them. No, he's, he's but a I mean, Champions League player. Never. He's, he's wonderful. He's such a good player. I agree. I agree. What a man. And then you'll be very um, pleased to know, lovely bit of shithousery. So Ben me, Diego Costa, have a little grapple. Some would me. say it was a penalty because, you know, if you grapple in the box, penalty straight up. But Diego Costa yep. then decided that he didn't want the penalty, so he just nutted Ben me, just headbutted him. And then just got sent off. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that from him, to be fair. Love that from him. It wouldn't be a Premier League season with Costa in it if he doesn't get sent off for a headbutt. It's I just. Know. You've got to take the good with the bad when it comes to Big Diego. It's just how it is, how it rolls. And so, yeah, amazingly, and this 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 stat like, blew my mind. It's his first ever red card in the Prem. What? Yeah. Mind you, he always gets someone else sent off, doesn't he? That was his yeah. thing. He, he just I lives on the he edge. Was... Permanent yellow card. He used to get Arsenal players sent off all the time at Stamford Bridge. Didn't he, he used just... to walk around just pinching their pitching their balls yeah I've made that pinching up. Um, little nibbles you know like, you know when they like do the headbutt but they kind of slide their heads off yeah, the other's yeah, forehead yeah. so they don't go forward it's just shit like that and it's just like you always who was that centre back his name's Gabriel but not our current Gabriel Gabriel Brazilian fella I'll, I'll be honest forget. that really confused got... me that there were two Brazilian yeah am I trying am I are you sure they're not the same oh. person I don't know he went to Villarreal he went to Villarreal anyway long story short he just got wound up so much Gabriel Paulista that's it he got wound up so much by, by Costa that he ended up just lashing out getting sent off and we lost like 3-4-0 so that, good that is Costa doing it right isn't it but listen there was a, there was a when, when this transfer was being announced we said on the podcast he's going to get more red cards than goals this season he's currently one red card zero goals so Let's see how that develops. That could be our, our barometer as we get through the season. Diego, what, is he Diego out? He's now out watch. until the World Cup. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll maybe there's one more game. Probably not. Fucking hell, Diego, mate. What are you doing? You're thirty fives, lad. Come on. That's lovely, Come on. mate. He's just got two months off. Hey, he did it on purpose he did it on purpose he didn't give a shit. Mate, it, it was literally <laughs> like the last few minutes of the game, so let's be honest, he might have done. You know what? Wouldn't put it past him. But anyway, let's wrap this up with the worst game of the weekend: Fulham nil, Everton nil, and I actually watched this for some reason, just because it was in between Leeds and Liverpool. And oh well, please take it away, mate. Please tell us all. So they kicked the ball 
around <laughs> and that was it <laughs> nothing happened <laughs> nothing fucking happened in this game I expected more from Fulham I expected more from Mitrovic but maybe you have to give credit to the back line that Everton have now got Connor um, Cody FC mate yeah He's I don't know trainee. I guess when you've got a 34 year old William in your attack you're probably not going to create that much to be fair it was just such a tepid game everything was tepid about it Jack Craven Cottage as lovely and historical as that ground is there's no atmosphere at Craven Cottage it is literally like watching it's like watching oh. a friend. I'm going I'm to put it out there Fulham fans I don't, I don't know where you are where are you like, it's so quiet I can hear the players talking to each other where is the atmosphere this is not what's sold to Asian fans around the world <laughs> American fans where's the atmosphere <laughs> I felt like I needed like the fucking AR shit you know like the AI the AI crowd during the, the pandemic it was stressing me out I was like this is shit Obviously, do you know what it is though mate all, but... do you know what it is because Fulham is, is a sort of well to do area mate so I think unfortunately the best fan bases are built up of working class people and Fulham's fan base is fully built up of sort of yeah, middle maybe, class actually. to upper class people maybe. who probably think Quite. that chanting and all that is just a bit a bit beneath them so the atmosphere is just terrible as a consequence of that snobbery I mean but I don't want to smear campaign like strong now yeah I know I feel like I've gone a bit strong there on Fulham Fulham fans got no, no fans got no got crowds. no fans well you got no fans I didn't hear them mate it was just all Everton <laughs> So, yeah, it was quite a disappointing game to watch. Nothing really that zesty happened, although you did make a note of a certain encounter, which was a yellow awarded to Mitri- Mitrovic sorry, for a stamp and Onana, which I somehow missed. It sounds like the biggest talking point of the game. Literally the only, but... the only talking point of the whole game. Um, yeah. It was pretty what... bad. If the referee had gone to the monitor, it would, would have been a red card, so I don't know why it didn't. Was it intentional? Mm, does that really matter? I feel like that context needs to be taken into account put it this way on another day it could have been um, like Eduardo sort of situation because he proper proper landed on his ankle with his studs and let's be absolutely fair Mitch Fitch is a big guy that's that's got me at least 100 kilos dropping right on your ankle in football boots as well yeah is that not alright I think so hopefully he's a good player yeah, I think he's, he's quite a lucky. Too, to be fair, I, I mean, some of the red cards given. I mean, think about like I know it was in Europe, but Tamori's red card for pulling Mount's shoulder. Then you've got Mitrovic, oh, no. just absolutely, just yeah, leg breaking. Look, I'm loving the fact that referees are letting it go this season, but there needs to be a line now. Like, it's just going to get out of hand if you don't manage these things tightly. If you don't set the boundaries, then these football players are just going to keep fucking doing this shit. You know, so. Yeah, it would have been a big blow to Fulham to lose Mitrovic, but his hot streak might be cooling down a little now. Yeah, but they're fine, eh? They're bloody fine, Fulham, sitting pretty in seventh. I think, yeah, two teams that aspirations are just simply to not get involved in the relegation battle, and I think they'll probably manage it. They both look pretty solid defensively, and that's honestly 90% of survival. Just not conceding mm-hmm. any goals, and just, just being concede, quite pretty yeah. and unpleasant to play against. So, yeah. Well done for your boring, boring game. Well done for your shit out. No, joking, that's awful. It's all right, no full of fans listening at this point. Yeah, your shit ground. I regret saying that because I actually like Fulham. 
Yeah, so no, it's now. just it was it just stuck out to me. I guess I've come to expect just like a really fiery atmosphere with every Premier League game, but can't always be like that, can it? Anyway, let's wrap wrap it up, mate. So yeah, another solid ten game review. We are getting concise at these. I think it's bang on an hour and a half, more or less. And we'll be back later Almost. in the week for some European group roundup and any any other business. Yes. Yes, let's see. Let's see what Champions League games bring us tonight. I think Jack's a little bit nervous for the Napoli fixture, but fingers crossed. I'm very nervous. I think it's going to be another miserable podcast for me. But I think the main (laughs) one to look out for is Marseille-Tottenham. That's that's the really interesting one because that's got actual jeopardy. Yes, they'll be tuning in and we will be watching closely. Uh, So yes, please look out for that pod around Thursday or Friday. Jack, I wish you a good week until then. Thank you very Um, much, you too. And I wish the listeners the same. And yeah, we'll catch you guys soon. Peace.